You're about to enjoy an It Takes Three Network podcast. For years, the Newport Group has reinvented the community we know and love. We are entering into a new age. Together, we will push the boundaries of greatness within community. The Newport Group, building greater communities together. to Let's Talk OC, an OC podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And this week, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 18, The Undertow. Original air date, March 23rd, 2006, written by J.J. Philbin and Mark Fish, directed by Robert Duncan McNeil. Hmm. In this episode, Jess returns to Newport and needs Ryan's help, which causes him to fall back into his old ways, but he is trying to change. I hated this. Did I you? I hated that. Did Not you the episode, episode itself. No, but just the whole just stuff. I felt that it was a good episode to show a change for Ryan, but the question is, will it stick? Right. Like, did he actually change? Did he learn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we get into it, as you guys know, we have a new ice cream correspondent, <laughs> our friend Michael on Instagram. He's known as Dell underscore Vasto, and he suggested that tonight's episode be paired with salted caramel. Yum. Because the ocean, as an undertow, as you know, has salt. And he capitalized C-A-R in caramel because of the tiny car that Trey gives Ryan. Wow. My God. Are you like, should I hire him for Glassful of Gossip too? He's so good. And he also gave a second ice cream flavor that he thought would work, but it kind of goes with After Dark. Oh, okay. I I look forward to hearing that. Yeah. Okay. So the episode opens up. We have Seth and Ryan. They're playing video games, and Sadie and Summer are also there, which is cute. It's like a group hang, group but hang. also like a double date, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Seth, uh, turns out his second Brown interview is in 11 hours, but he's not nervous at all. Yeah, he's fine. Cool he's, as a cucumber. Yeah, which I found, like, we made such a big deal out of the interview last time and everything he went through. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, he's grown. He's like, I'm fine with it. Yeah, pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I know. But Sadie, she wants to play the boys in video games. And they brush her off and Summer's like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But she does end up playing Seth and she does end up beating him, which is yeah. really funny. I thought Summer, because they don't show Sadie initially, they just show Summer. So I'm like, oh, Summer has to be like third wheel to the boys playing games. And she looks so bored. I know. But no, Sadie's there too. Yeah. Okay. I know. So while Sadie and Seth are versing each other, Summer's like, hey, Rye, let's go into the kitchen. Let's get a snack. But also, like, let's discuss Marissa. Right. And she mentions that, like, hey, maybe you guys weren't actually right for each other. And I get it. I'm glad. Me too. Much respect to Summer and Ryan for being like, yeah, we realized probably not the best to be together. And that's okay. Right. So when they walk back in to the living area, this is when Sadie beats Seth. And Seth is like, wow, like I am totally humbled. She kicks ass. Your girlfriend's awesome. But then it gets awkward because they're like, wait, 
Sadie's not your not girlfriend. His girlfriend. Sadie says, makes a point to say, I'm not his girlfriend. We're just yeah. friends. Yeah, but they don't really know what to call her. And they start stumbling and it gets awkward and it gets quiet. But luckily, there's a knock at the door and it's Jess. Ugh. The yeah. Hooters uh, waitress. Right, as Sadie refers to her. So Ryan, he is like, what are you doing here? And she gives Ryan a small present from Trey. It's a belated birthday gift. Right. And she mentions how she used to live with him. She just got back a couple of months ago. And she's like, don't you want to know how he's doing? Yeah. And she also says she's trying to change. Yeah. She says that a couple of times yeah. in this episode. Interesting. Yeah. So once you saw her, you recognized Jess. Of course. Of course. Yeah. She looked good, though. I love the pink on her. Yes. (laughs) Very legally blonde. Yeah. And she actually did look. Changed. Yeah. Like not as hoochie mama. Yeah. At least in that scene. But, you know, as we get into the episode, things obviously haven't changed very much. (laughs) Yeah. So the next morning in the pool house, Ryan, he opens up the tiny birthday gift and it's a toy car. And so Seth asks about it. And of course, Ryan doesn't want to talk about it. And he's like, don't worry about it. It's an inside joke. And Kirsten enters to let the boys know that breakfast is ready. But she notices the toy car and she makes a point to say something because she's like, oh, my God, I haven't seen these since Seth was a little boy. I used to buy them for him all the time, but he wanted nothing to do with them. And then she asked Ryan, where did you get it? And he mentions Trey, but you can tell Ryan doesn't want to talk about it. And Kiki keeps questioning him, but he's like, no, I'm good. I really don't want to know anything about him. Right. You know what? To go back to the first scene, actually. Yeah. Did you catch when Summer said that Sadie was the opposite of Marissa? No, not in. I mean, I got the whole comparison overall arc in this episode, but I didn't catch that exact moment. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, maybe you guys quote me if I'm wrong, let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Summer says, yeah, we, you got the opposite of Marissa. And in my head, I was like, wait a minute. How is she the opposite of Marissa? I don't, I mean, obviously there's different, but I was like, I don't see how they're like so vastly different that they're the opposite of each other. Um, did I make this up? <laughs> I don't know. Did she did she say this when they were playing video games? Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the kitchen after Ryan and her were talking about Marissa, she does say, well, you got the exact opposite of Marissa. Maybe she meant look wise. <laughs> maybe. Maybe she actually maybe that is what she meant because it's so they're so drastically different looking so maybe that's what she meant so thank you for clarifying or no well hey i don't i don't remember but maybe she also meant like wow sadie's down to hang out with you guys and play video games but marissa also played video games yeah marissa was really laxed in that sense so Hmm. also when uh jess comes to the door then uh ryan is speaking to her and then sadie comes up to Ryan at the door. And if it was me, I feel like I'd be like, oh shit, I'm getting in the middle of something. Like she didn't get the hint to no. walk away. No. And I was like, it was kind of cringy for me to watch. I was like, Sadie, ugh, just walk away. And then she says, who was that? And Ryan says, it's nobody. 
I know. Well, she it's almost like she got her claws out. Yeah, she was like, oh, who are you talking to? And like, but purposely didn't yeah. walk away. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Sadie, stand back a little bit. It's a little aggressive, but that was just and my two cents. No, no, no. I got that feeling too. And also a little territorial. But meanwhile, you don't want to be called his girlfriend. Right. Like you were like, oh, no, Seth, I'm not his girlfriend. Let me put you in your place. But also you're not leaving when another woman comes to the door to right. see him. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Sadie, I'm, see- I'm watching you. Yeah. No, good points. Uh, okay, so the next day while everyone is at school, Marissa is home. She's yeah. playing hooky. And Volchuk stops by and gives her the watch that she originally gave him as a bribe. Do you remember that? Yeah, and he didn't even knock on the door. If nope. Mind you, I, he was going to hang it from her door or something like that. And then she caught him, of course. He can't just be a person and like knock on the door and be like, here, I have your watch that I stole, well, that you gave me all those months ago. Yeah, so he says that he hung on to it and now he's returning it. And then he makes a point to say like, I'll be at the beach later and if you want to join me. And she says, don't count on it. Yeah, she's like, I just want to be alone. She could tell he like maybe wanted to come in and talk or have her come out and she's like no I'm not into it this whole time and as we develop the episode more I'm like you can see how hard she's fighting to not be near Volchuk I know but then she does ultimately give in but obviously we'll talk about that later on so she's just so damn lonely she's so lonely and And it's like Go ahead. I don't, no, I don't even say that in like, oh my God, she's so lonely. It's so annoying. It's just so sad that so sad. she does so many things to try to distract herself and to try to not have herself go into the Volchuk spiral. But right. ultimately she's human and it's what leads her there. Yeah, it's inevitable because I feel like Summer is so wrapped, and I'm not trying to blame Summer because obviously, like, they're teenagers. She can't imagine what Marissa's going through, but like, that's your best friend, and she's in a relationship, just so happens to be in a relationship with the boy that is extremely close to your ex boyfriend. And I know it's awkward, but I feel like, come on, Summer, like, your friend is in need, and you see that, yet I feel like they're not as worried as they should be. I know. And maybe it's because Marissa doesn't let on. Right. She's good at hiding it. Yeah. She totally, because the couple of times, and we will talk about it more, uh, but the couple of times we do see them together, you know, Marissa's acting very okay. Yeah. Very nonchalant. Like, yeah, I'm fine. We're fine. Yeah. Um, At school, Seth had his interview And it turns out that the interviewer loves anime. So they discussed Akira and Ghost in the Shell, which is so amazing because that means Seth seems like he has a guaranteed in. Right. And Summer, she's so excited for him and she's hugging Seth and she's just wants to celebrate with him. And then Taylor interrupts and says, oh, my God, this is a Kodak moment. Let's Mm -hmm. celebrate tonight. I'll make a flan. She's hysterical. Yeah, she's hysterical. And she just wants to have a group hang. And Summer's like, well, the thing is, like, my dad's away and I want to have some alone time with Seth at my house. Right. But not even alluding to the fact that they she wants to, like, have sex. She's just like, no, no we just want alone time without you, without my dad. Just quiet. Right. Yeah. But Taylor, of course, starts assuming that they want alone time. Mm-hmm. 
And Summer's like, well, no, we're just want to like hang out and watch movies and, you know, eat pizza or whatever. And Taylor then gets in Summer's head that they lost the magic. Right. And she brings. Oh, I didn't realize there was a lull like in your. Right. Sex life. Right. And then she brings up college and she's like, well, what happens when you guys go away together? And don't you think that his eye's going to wonder, what are you guys going to do? And Summer, she makes a good point, which is very funny at the same time, that she's five levels hotter than him. (laughs) And then Taylor. Taylor's like, it doesn't matter. The libido wants what it wants. Right. And then she starts whisper and chanting, spread the seed. Spread the seed. I loved this. So funny. After school, Ryan, he is hanging out by the pool with the toy car and Sadie shows up for a very, very quick visit. Yeah, extremely quick. First off, she just lets herself in, which maybe she just walked into the backyard because Ryan makes a point to say like, hey, I didn't even know you were stopping by. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So she sits by, she sits next to him and she sees the toy car and she asks about it and she's like, is this what the Hooter waitress gave you? (laughs) And he's like, no, it's not. It's a long story. And she's like, okay, so you'd rather not tell me? You can tell me. I will listen without judgment or you can keep it to yourself. Both are fine with me. And so, of course, Ryan chooses not to tell her. And so Sadie leaves. So it's obviously not fine with her. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it's so funny. She's like, you can do, you can tell me or not. Either way, it's fine. But if you don't, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. And... <laughs> Whatever. Like, I get that in shows, people pop in all the time for these visits. And she said she needed a break from drywalling or whatever she was working on. But this was the quickest visit. The quickest. It makes it even more awkward than she's like, I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah. But maybe she was reading the room and she's like, well, clearly he's not interested in talking to me. Right. Okay. So that night, Seth and Summer, they're hanging out at Summer's house. And Seth is dead set on watching the entire Blade trilogy. Because if they don't finish it, the others will be left out, which is very funny. And very Seth. Very Seth. And Summer, she's trying to, like, create a mood with him. She's like, oh, my God, you smell so good. And Seth's like, uh, you like the smell of salami? I loved that. <laughs> and she's like, oh, come on. Like, I'm trying to create a mood here. And he's like, oh. Yeah, like, he s- wasn't getting it. He's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Yeah. And then, of course, she's like, well, no, now it's ruined. Yeah. Come on, Summer. Yeah. And so he's like, well, you smell good, too. And she's like, just play the damn video. It's fine. This I have to laugh at this because I feel like this is very reminiscent of like how Aunt and I would get at times. (laughs) I'd be like, "Uh," like totally not reading a signal or I just found it funny with you. You like the smell of salami. Yes. Very funny. (laughs) So obviously... They didn't have sex, and now Taylor is really in Summer's head because the next morning, Summer heads to the diner to pick up pancakes, and she bumps into Taylor. Of course. And she's like, how was it? Was it kinky? Was it, like, low-key with smooth jazz? How was his tongue? And Summer's like, he has a very nice tongue. (laughs) And then Taylor quickly figures out that they didn't actually have sex at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So she decides to help again by asking Summer to show up on a Sunday at school for to help her pick out a prom theme. 
And then Taylor at the same time proposes to Seth that there's an AV meeting. And so when they both show up at school, it's just the two of them and Taylor. Right. And it's an ambush because Taylor wants to help her Sethimer so bad, which I love the fact that she used their ship name. Yeah. (laughs) And so she tries a little therapy for them. So she makes them sit down. She makes them hold their hands and gaze into each other's eyes. This part was probably really funny to shoot. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, Seth's hand is like on Summer's face and you could tell they almost wanted to laugh because <laughs> how ridiculous. Yeah, if it was me, I probably wouldn't would keep continue laughing and like not be able to get through the scene, but I know. And cuz Seth is making those faces. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like trying to be serious by gazing into Summer's eyes but also knows this is ridiculous. Right. And so finally they're like, yeah, we don't really feel anything here. So then Taylor says she offers breakup counseling as well. So Taylor has like totally fucked with their heads when this wasn't even an issue. Yeah. She's like, my dad's a sex therapist. I know what I'm talking about. You need help. And they're like, wait, we thought we were fine. Yeah. And so now Seth and Summer are totally defeated. Taylor ends up showing up to Seth's later on. And she's like, I'm here to talk about raunchy sex. The Kama Sutra books. Ooh, yeah. And she mentions how Dean Hess had a treasure cove of Ugh. secrets underneath his pink shirt, which I thought is disgusting, but also hysterical at the same time. Totally. And so she gives Seth the Kama Sutra. And Summer, she ends up spending some time with Marissa and she's discussing their issues. So here's one of the times where we actually see her with her best friend. Right. But she's so wrapped up in these Really issue. Yeah, but it's not even like a big deal, but I get it's a big deal to her. But she's so wrapped up in the issues with Seth. And what's funny about this hangout is Marissa's like, listen, you guys will get through it. And Summer's like, did you and Ryan ever have this problem? And she goes, no, we had actually the exact opposite. Yeah, she's like, our pain kind of brought them together more than like their actual lives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And as and she's talking about it, too, Volchuk is there. Yeah, which she notices off Ugh. in the distance. But I just thought, because, like, a couple episodes ago, we're like, wow, like, Marissa and Ryan, they're not speaking. But Marissa here confirmed that even though they weren't talking and connecting emotionally, physically, it was, like, the exact opposite. That's right. what they were doing. Right, which, as the audience, you're actually kind of surprised about because I feel like we didn't really see them at all together, at least in these past five episodes, really. I mean, right. they did have that one makeout scene. I'm trying to think of one. Oh, when Johnny falls off the cliff. Yes. But that's really it. Right. Yeah. But she does say the more emotionally unavailable you are, the easier you can connect physically. Yeah. Which I thought was a really interesting Hmm. point. I've been there. Been there with my ex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So like we said, throughout this whole episode, we're seeing the loneliness of Marissa. She sees Summer once at the bait shop, which we just spoke about. But otherwise, she's really on her own. She ends up spending so much time at the lifeguard tower, and she even stops by Matt's. Yeah. This is awkward. (laughs) Yeah. And so Matt offers his place to her because 
he's going to be away because, and she admits to him like, Hey, I'm just feeling really lonely right now. And I don't want to be at my house. Right. Which I understand. Like she has no safe spot. Also, I feel like Volchok has been stalking the shit out of her, like coming to her house at all times that like, I would be worried. Yeah. And this is her way of trying to create a space, a distance. Yeah. But she spends one night at Matt's, and this doesn't last because Sandy shows up looking for Matt, which he's missing. We'll get to that. And Sandy's like, this is really inappropriate. You need to go home. You know you can always stay with us. Like, I get that you and Ryan are in a weird space, but you need to go home. Right. Like, if you're feeling, like, unsafe, then this is not the place to be. Yeah, which, oh, man, I get it, but I'm also, like, I know Sandy's trying to, one, he's looking for Matt, and two, it looks really bad mm-hmm. on Matt's part having a teenage girl stay with him. Totally. But also, Marissa, she's on her own anyway. Right. At she home. Is. I don't know. I, I At first, I was like, Sandy, this kind of bothered me. I wish you just let her stay there. But Sandy also is just trying to be a parent, and he also doesn't know what's going on. Right. He He doesn't know, so... That's his only way of dealing with it. The only way he knows how. Sandy way. Yeah. And, I mean, Marissa listens. She does go home. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you're right. Like, she knows. Yeah. So she spends more time at the bait shop by herself. And then Volchuk finds her. And she's like, what is this game you're playing? And so he proposes to her, you know, if you need a break from what's going on in there and points to her head, I can help you. Right, like you, if you're feeling lonely and need to like let off some steam, like I'm here. Yeah. Oof. Uh, okay, so like we said, Sandy is looking for Matt. Turns out Sandy met with Dr. Griffin, as we all know, Maya's dad, this whole hospital situation. And Dr. Griffin wants Matt off the job. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of rumors. Yeah, and that's how he starts out because they had a couple of meetings, but there's been rumors that about his lifestyle with women and how he treats his apartment, and he doesn't know if they want to do business with Sandy because Matt is tied to him. Right, he wants him off the project. Yeah, and so Sandy's conflicted because, one, obviously he's loyal to Matt, but Matt also has worked his ass off on this project. Right. And so when Sandy and and Matt meet up, Sandy like rips him a new one, one about Marissa and how it's totally inappropriate. Yeah. He's like, she needed someone and I was there for her. Yeah. And two of like his lifestyle and Matt's like, listen, they're just trying to take me down. Yeah. He's like, this is a witch hunt. You know it is. Yeah. And so Sandy ends up meeting Griffin again for dinner. And when it comes down to it, it's because Matt broke Maya's heart. Yes. And so it's personal here. And at the end of the night, we see Sandy. He goes home. Kirsten asks how dinner was. And she says that Matt's been calling you. And we see that the phone is ringing, but Sandy doesn't pick up. Right. He doesn't. He just keeps ignoring Matt's phone calls. 
Yeah. So essentially it's either Matt or the hospital. And at this point, we don't know what Sandy chose. Right. But you can assume, though, not picking up Matt's phone calls that he chose to take Matt off the project. Again, I don't remember. So I I could be just talking out of my my ass here. But that's what you could assume from seeing Sandy not answer his phone calls. Yeah, because Griffin's like, listen, you know, the hospital you've been fighting for, it could help a lot of people just take Matt off. And of course, Matt's like, you're really going to choose them over me. Like, I've been loyal to you. And they have false accusations. So, but then again, Sandy's also a father and gets standing up for your kid. And and he's been fighting for this hospital for so long. Right. I mean, as the audience, you're like, enough with this hospital. Enough. (laughs) It's so drawn out. I mean, every week we're like, how are we still doing this? Right. (laughs) All right. So let's get to the mess that is Jess. Messy Jesse. Oh, gosh. This is a whole freaking mess web. So at first we see we have Ryan and Seth talk about Sadie and Jess because Ryan, as we know, is curious now about his brother and about what Jess wants. Right. Like she has information. Now he's like toying with, should I go hear what she has to say or should I just leave it alone? Yeah. And at the same time, he does want to move forward with Sadie. Yeah. So Seth suggests that he can either dwell in the past or live in the now and Ryan knows that he's right. So at first he tries to make a quick visit. With yeah, Jess. he's he leaves a voicemail for Sadie saying, I'll be there in 20, but heads over to Jess's. Little does he know he's never making it there. <laughs> yeah, because he thinks he'll just stop by, he'll get some information on Trey, and then he's out of there. And that way it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. Like, let me leave the past in the past and let me move forward with this girl that I'm interested in. Right. But Jess does not take no for an answer. Like she's just adamant about Ryan staying. And let me tell you about Trey, but let me go take my clothes off and let me bring you here. And it's so frustrating to watch. I know it was so so frustrating to watch Ryan deal with it because if it was me, I'd be like, fuck you. Goodbye. You're annoying. But Ryan is like, well, I don't know. Does she have information? Should I keep appeasing her? It's just, oh, I can't stand yeah, it. Yeah, because she keeps feeding him little bits of in- information. Right. Like, she'll say, like, oh, Trey misses you. And then she'll be like, just stay for a drink. And he's like, I got to go. And then she's like, oh, by the way, Trey's dealing blackjack off the strip. Right. Like, he's okay. Yeah. If it, If I was Ryan, that would be, like, all I needed to know. All right, he's doing okay. He's, like... Still sober and like staying out of jail. All right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so the next morning we see Ryan punching his bag in the pool house and he's having flashbacks of Trey. And as this happens, Kirsten walks in and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, is the music too loud? And she's like, No, I'm just concerned about the <laughs> grunting yeah. and the banging. And she's like, Are you having girl problems? And he's like, No. And she's like, are you trying to save? He's like, it's more complicated than that. Like, it's not actually about Sadie. And he's, she's like, are you trying to save this girl, Jess? Right. And he's like, Ryan oh, is, saving? I don't do that. Yeah. Which was, <laughs> it's funny that Ryan knows himself. He's like, is that something I do? Right. And he says, like, she's been through a lot. 
And Kirsten's like, listen, one, never argue with a woman who is here to discuss women. (laughs) And two, just because a girl isn't tied to train tracks doesn't mean she should be ignored. Right. And then she says, we adore Sadie. Like, what are you going to do about that? Like, letting him know, like, don't forget about Sadie in all of this. Right. Like, leave Jess to herself. Right. You don't need to deal with her. You're she's always not getting your problem. She's not your problem. You're always getting pulled in. Focus on Sadie. She's good. Right. Yeah. So Ryan tries to take this advice and he stops by Sadie to apologize because, like we said, he left her voicemail and he never actually showed up. Mm-hmm. She's like, and, hmm, I was expecting you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, okay, it's fine, but you owe me a dinner. Right. So feeling good about this, Ryan just makes up with Sadie and he's home with the Coens, which is a really cute scene because Sandy and Kirsten are being affectionate in the kitchen while they're making dinner. And the boys walk in and Seth is like, ew, stop. And Sandy says this amazing quote of like, kids with affectionate parents grow up to be better adjusted sexually as adults. (laughs) Yeah. And then Seth's like, oh, go... Show me in my room. I don't. I have it during the quote <laughs> section, but I was like, Ugh, "This is kind of awkward, but not." <laughs> but also funny because Kirsten and Sandy both laugh. Yeah, they it. they don't even say anything to it. It's kind of funny, right? Ryan's feeling really good right now because he just made up with Sadie. He's dealt with Jess. Everything is good, and then of course he gets a phone call, and it's Jess. Ugh, and. He answers. It's a typical, like, whoa, 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 slow down. Yes. I can't understand what you're saying. It's a fucking mess. And so, of course, he rushes out to her call, and Kirsten catches him in the driveway. And she's like, I thought you weren't going to let this happen anymore. And, of course, Ryan has to take off. Yeah, he's like, it's like the one last time or something like that. Yeah. So he arrives at her house, and... She tells Ryan that she ended her relationship, but her ex is stalking her. So the ex shows up, Ryan answers, and the guy's like, what are you, her bodyguard? And Ryan says words to him and promises Jess that he's not going to come back. Right. And Jess is so scared. She's on her couch. She's like, has her knees to her chest. And she tells Ryan. Yeah, fetal position. Yeah. And she tells Ryan that she's really trying to change. Right. And Which should have been enough. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So Ryan's like, all right, I'm going to go. As he's leaving, he sees her purse. And in her purse is a picture of Trey. So, like, this picture ultimately made Ryan want to stay with Jess. Right. Like, to see if she's okay. Like, maybe she, because she has a connection to his brother. Right. Maybe he feels a little guilty. But, like, oh my God, you didn't have to stay the whole fucking night. Jeez. Yeah. So, this is the night that he stays over. He wakes up the next morning. Jess is outside. She's sunning herself. She's in a bikini. Uh, She made coffee and she offers him eggs. And Jess is like, listen, Ryan, like, Don't make it so awkward. Nothing happened last night. So then while they're outside, Jess gets a phone call and it's Trey. And she offers the phone to Ryan and Ryan's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want to talk. (laughs) But Trey wants her to go back to Vegas and wants her to live with him. And she's like, you know, it's Trey. 
it's hard. How do I not say yes to that? Mm-hmm. And then she says, like, you know, it's hard. I'm lonely. My parents are away. And Ryan's like, listen, I can't babysit you. Yeah, finally, like, he realizes he can't babysit her. But yet he's been doing that this entire time. Yeah. And he says, like, why don't you invite your friends over? And she's all worried that, like, she's going to freak out. Yeah, I she don't, she I don't says that like, what if I freak out? And Ryan's like, "You'll be fine." So right. at this point, I'm like, "Okay, we're good." Like Ryan, you just cut the cord. <sighs> yeah, right? yeah. But since Ryan spent the night out and he isn't home, Sadie arrives for breakfast. She brought she, the bagels. I she, love it. I know she brought the bagels. She's looking for Ryan, but no one can find Ryan. And everyone's trying to cover him. And Kirsten tries to lie, which is funny because Kirsten's an awful liar. very bad at it. (laughs) And it's funny because they make fun of her for it. But her and Sandy, they leave the kitchen, leaving Sadie and Seth to discuss Ryan. And I actually really love this scene. Mm -hmm. Sadie says she's not jealous. No, she's just straight up. She's like... I don't know if we're right for each other because he has a lot of intense issues and I don't know if I'm up for that. Right. Like, good for you for, like, recognizing it and not getting yourself too far into it where you can't pull yourself out. Yeah. This is the scene I actually texted you when I was like, oh, yeah, like lots of props for Sadie. Wasn't it funny when Seth, like, mentions Lindsay? Yes. Well, (laughs) Seth continues to be like, hey, listen, give Ryan some time. Trust him. He just got out of a two year, super intense relationship with Marissa. And then like his other relationship that was super normal ended up being (laughs) with uh, my grandfather's illegitimate daughter. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous, but hysterical at the same time. Yeah, and he does mention, like, you know, soon enough, if you give it some time, you'll have a super laid-back relationship. Yeah, a really boring one. (laughs) A really boring one. So Sadie gives him a shot, and they do have their first date at the diner. She's trying. You could tell Sadie's, like, really trying to be there, and Ryan's really trying to be there, but then Ryan gets a call. Ugh, God. And, of course, he picks it up, and it's And it's Cat Graham. From the Vampire Diaries. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I don't know who that is. But uh, yeah, so Jess's friend calls and all of USC is at Jess's house and Jess is drunk and she's crying and she locked herself in her pool house. And the only person she says she'll talk to is Ryan. This is freaking ridiculous. And so Sadie is just like, go ahead, go take care of it and do me a favor. Find me when you're done. Yeah. And I'm like, good for you, Sadie. But also, oh, my God, it's like Ryan, he can't help himself because if he just looked at his phone and saw the caller ID, he doesn't have to pick it up. He doesn't have to pick it up. He doesn't have to pick it up. Right. So Like, I'm on a date. I don't pick up my phone. Right. And when you see it's just, you're like, I'm done. Right. Done. Right. Anyway, so Ryan arrives at the party. Jess is super drunk. She's in the pool house, and all she wants is Ryan. And she, when he gets in there, she's like, oh, my God. Trey didn't know how to take care of me. You're the only person that can care for me. And she starts kissing him. Oh, my God. This is so awkward. And Ryan pushes her off, and Jess's ex busts in and is like, what are you doing? And then the bestie comes in, that girl who you just said, Kat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> takes Jess away 
And Ryan's like, listen, girls, like stay, you know, or like she takes her away from the situation, but he's like, stay and lock yourself in here. Ugh. So not necessary. What's really going to happen here? But anyway, so him and Ryan, they're outside by the pool. They start rumbling and tumbling around. (laughs) The boy, the ex says, this is none of your business. And then Ryan's like, you're right. It's not my business. This isn't any of my business. And so he gets up, he goes to leave and he goes to his car and Jess follows him out. And she's like, where are you going? And he's like, I got to stop dating girls like you. And I'm like, oh, he just compared Jess to Marissa. Ouch. (laughs) Right. The level of the level of of drama. (laughs) Yeah. And he says to her, like, you got to stop dating guys like that. Yeah. Like, we both need to break our patterns. Yeah. So feeling defeated, Ryan's in the pool house and he's thinking about everything. And so Kirsten She's locking up to go to sleep and she sees Ryan in there and she's like, what's going on? And Ryan's like, I feel like I screwed things up with Sadie and it's too late. And she's like, it's never too late. Never too late. Go and talk to her, which I have to say, I love the use of Kirsten in this episode. Same. Like she wasn't just there for like the filler portions. Like she was there for the good advice for Ryan at least. So Ryan stops by Sadie's and she's sitting in the dark. In the dark. working on jewelry. Lots of darkness in this episode. Lots of darkness. <laughs> and he brings the toy car and he proceeds to tell the story of why it's an inside joke and also the importance of it. So when Ryan and Trey were growing up, they used to play these toy cars when their mom would drink. And Trey always said that he would save up one day and buy them a Camaro. And (laughs) that never happened. But what ended up happening is Trey stole one and Ryan was involved, which ultimately led him to the Coens. Right. Like he got arrested because of it. And now he he is where he is. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah, it is. And he's like, well, now I'm here because of this. And Trey's in Vegas. And now we don't talk. And Sadie's like, why didn't you just tell me? And he said, I'm not used to unloading onto people. And she's like, I get it. You're too busy having people unload onto you. Unload on you, yeah. Which is exactly right. Yeah. And this was very sweet because Ryan said that he wanted to start with her. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a really good listener. And so this led to kissing and a very hot makeout session. Mm-hmm. Uh, to sum up the others, Seth and Summer. Summer feels that Seth is going to break up with her. In fact, she speaks to Marissa by phone. She was supposed to meet Marissa at the diner, and she cancels on her because her and Seth need to talk. Yeah, and which I'm like, she's already at the restaurant. I know. <laughs> I know. And oh, Summer's wait, so in it's bed. that close to your plans that Marissa's already waiting for you at the restaurant, and you're in your bed. Rude. I know. It is very rude. Um, but yeah, so Summer's worried that Seth's going to break up with her. Marissa's like, don't worry, it's not going to happen. And so Seth enters and he's like, I need you to disrobe and put away Princess Sparkle because she's not going to want to see what's going to happen here. And so he mentions the wheelbarrow position 
And she's like, what are you talking about? And so he shows her the book of the Kama Sutra and they start to like play wrestle. Yeah, like she's mad at him for it, but then he like grabs her arms and (laughs) like ultimately leads them to like getting turned on by it. (laughs) So they have like the most amazing hot, hottest sex ever mm-hmm. and summer's like listen we should fight every day when we go to college yeah because it would lead to this and our final scene marissa goes home and volchuk is sitting on the porch do you think she called him i don't okay he just showed up but maybe but, but maybe like, right maybe i i think that he just showed up yeah He's still trying, and this he's, like, every attempt. And so he's sitting on the porch. He's smoking a cigarette. She comes home. She enters her house, but she leaves the door open. Yep. She's like, open door policy. That's right. Come on in. And so she goes inside. <laughs> he follows, and they go at it. Naughty. Naughty, naughty. Which I get it. I totally get it. She needs to escape. She needs to get her mind off things. She's lonely. Totally get it. He's the only one around. And it makes so much sense. Like, it all led up to this. Like, none right. of like, this Right, there's a lot of me. sexual tension. Yeah, and she even says, like, to Summer earlier in the episode of how, you know, the more emotionally unavailable you are, the more physical you are. Mm-hmm. With her anyway, right? Right. So this whole scene, I was like, okay. This all makes sense. I don't know why the first time I watched this or the second time years and years ago with you and Sam that I didn't pick up on this. On the, like, I possibility guess, of it happening? No, I guess maybe because we're just closely examining it and having these conversations about it. But the fact of, like, we're closely watching Marissa and how and every step she's taking and so everything that's happening is like, wow, okay, Marissa's not just a bitch and stupid and failing. Everything that's happening actually makes sense. Definitely. I mean, we've been noticing that since day one of this podcast because we're examining it so right. much. And also we're in our 30s, so we're looking at it a completely different angles here. But yeah, like she just everything that everyone has chosen to do makes sense for their characters, I think, except for the Sandy, Rachel, I mean, Rebecca thing and Kirsten and Carter. Like we get what happened there, but everyone else is pretty much like going through the path of what I expect Mm. for their characters because of their decision making and their personality traits, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But going back to Ryan and Sadie, and here's where I'm going to be like my mom. Do yeah. do they do they have sex or it's just like a hot makeout? Because they were like taking off clothes. So again, I I don't know, okay. and I don't remember if they get into it. But I'm assuming they have sex, right? Because it's like they literally just talk about what well, the taking it like slow, and then goes right into that. I'm like, all right. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I just, it's just funny me and my, like, my prudeness. Well, no, no. <laughs> I, I hear you. But what's so contrasting to look at is 
Ryan finally opens up emotionally, which leads him to have sex. To have sex, right. Marissa is shut down emotionally, needs to escape physically, has sex. Right. So it's amazing how these two totally different feelings can make you have the same outcome. And then the pressures of people saying that you have a lull in your relationship eh, yeah. makes you have sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all very teenager and interesting. I mean, it's it's human too. I'm not. I don't mean just teenager because obviously it happens when you're much older too. But it's just I liked it. I liked all of the sex scenes. <laughs> no, I did too, and I like that each one was equally relatable. Yeah, and different. Definitely. Ryan and Vol- I mean, Ryan and Volchuk. Wow. Marissa and Volchuk, though, very steamy. They're just two hot people. Very, very sexy. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with our segments. Okay, cool. Welcome back from break. As always, we're going to go into our trivia with our girl, Tish. Letitia underscore Dominique on Instagram. Hey, ladies, here is my trivia and some comments for After Dark. Cool. There was some commentary on the DVD, so I decided to include it. Nice. Josh and JJ Philbin, originally, they were going to name Matt Ramsey after writer Mark Fish, who was one of the writers for this episode. They, however, thought the name sounded weird. Okay, poor Mark they Fish. Re- I know. They, re- <laughs> <laughs> they refer to this episode as the sex episode, and the entire time they were writing this episode, Josh just kept screaming, more sex. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they wanted Seth and Summer to have cute, funny sex because we hadn't really seen them have sex at all this season. All the message boards were upset about Summer slapping Seth all the time and thought it was kind of showed physical violence. Okay, I guess that could, yeah. So the writers decided to use the slap as a way to introduce the sex between Summer and Seth in this episode. Hmm. The pan over Seth and Summer talking after having sex is an homage to season one when they first had sex, which I thought of as well. The song Lover I Don't Have to Love by Betty Severe is ranked number 21 on OC Best Music Moments playlist. Comment. This is one of my favorite season three episodes. I think I've always loved this episode because it's peak Ryan. He's always saving damaged girls, which Kirsten mentions that Ryan is always saving people is his is my favorite. And that line is so meta. Definitely. (laughs) When I was younger, I always thought Volchuk waiting outside was hot and sexy. But now I'm like, that's creepy. Totally. (laughs) It is creepy. It's really stalkerish. And like I keep saying, I'm afraid for her. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. My MVP has to go to Sadie for putting up with Ryan's crap. Totally. Thank you, Tish. Thanks, Tish. Let's go to... And Shelton516. Nicole. She's newbie. She is. 318 questions and comments. Ryan is on my shit list. (laughs) He's kind of pissing me off. I hate that he just can't be with the person he is with and has to save everyone else at the expense of the person he likes. Yeah, totally. Glad he finally realized it at the end and left Jess and loved Kiki's advice to him. 
such great motherly advice that he needs since his own mom is a mess. Totally. Taylor giving sex advice seems weird to me. (laughs) I mean, I know she had an affair or whatever with Dean Hess, but she doesn't seem super experienced to be able to give sex advice, but who knows? I know. I... It's funny that they introduce this portion of Taylor because obviously as we go into her character more, you do find out a lot more about her sexual history, I yeah, think. Yeah, she's very sexual. She's very sexual, but it's like who has she been having sex with besides Dean has? But maybe she just finds random people. Yeah, I always imagine that she just... Maybe it's not a lot of partners, but the partners that she does have, they are very kinky. Yes, I agree. Yeah. If you were given the choice that Sandy was about Matt, what would you do? Would you get rid of him to keep the project or keep him on and lose the project? Aye. This is so hard. That's really, really hard. And that's a great question. Like your morals and (laughs) beliefs. Ugh. Because when you find out ultimately that Griffin took him off because his daughter got hurt from the breakup, to me, I get it, but also that's pretty fucking shitty. It is shitty. And so maybe I would keep Matt on and go like forego the hospital. Yeah. Because then like why why deal with a petty parent, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And and I feel like I would try to even meet up with him again to have the conversation of like, you're really going to hold the hospital over this because your daughter broke up with a boy she liked. Right. And also he said, oh, my daughter cried for, you know, days after that. And I'm like, well, didn't she technically break up with him because I guess she felt slighted by the way that they approached her with the whole hospital thing Right. But like, I don't know. Also, I never mentioned this, but she is from How I Met Your Mother. She was on one episode and they called her Crazy Eyes. Um, And I feel like throughout the show, when we meet her, the only, you know, the couple of times, she totally had crazy eyes for Matt. Like she was a little obsessed. Oh, totally. So to me, it's like, maybe know your own daughter. Maybe she's just really obsessed with him. And I I mean, obviously, we know he liked her and everything. I'm just rambling about Maya. But I just feel like, yeah, it's it's a little childish for the father to take that into such consideration when his daughter is like a grown ass woman. Yeah. They're not in high school. where like, oh, the boys, you know, pulled her hair and broke up with her. Like, no. Yeah. It's, but then it goes back to daddy's little girl, you know? That too. No, I get that. No, I get it, but I, I don't agree with it. Right. All right. At Jillian loves Beyonce. Jalonce. Jalonce. She says, I honestly really like Sadie. I think she was done dirty coming in so late in the game and without time to flesh out her relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it was fair for Ryan to imply the similarity between Jess and Marissa? No. No, me neither. (laughs) I was insulted, actually, when he does say that. Yeah. uh, Oh, it's so different. And (laughs) I mean, I guess him saving these girls is not different. But Jess is like a damsel in distress. Right. Like she's putting 
she's just so much more involved in the drama where Marissa, the drama kind of followed her. Like, she wasn't purposefully, you know, bringing people in and out of her lives that were shitty. Like, it just kind of happened that way. I mean, one of them was her freaking father. How is she supposed to avoid that, you know? Like, shit happens to her. Jess, it's like she attracts it. And not for nothing, Jess pulled Ryan in. By, by literally saying, like, I need your help. I need you to be here. She was manipulative towards Very him. manipulative. Marissa was yeah. kind of like, you don't need to be here. I don't need your help. And Ryan felt the need that he needed to help her. Yeah. Right. Like, exactly. he felt, for whatever reason, he felt the need to help Jess, too, probably because of the relationship to Trey. And he always needs to help people. But there is a difference. Like, Jess is manipulative. And Marissa wasn't. Right. Right? Right, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jillian. Thank you. Okay. Our friend Alicia at AAW3115. Hey, ladies. Hope you and your families are staying safe and healthy and not going crazy from people distancing. (laughs) Thank you. Same to you. Yes. She says, we're going on five weeks in upstate New York. Holy shit. Me too. This is five weeks for me. Yeah, I think so. About that. The undertow, trying to figure out what this title means. My best guess is the way Ryan gets pulled under by girls who need his saving. We see this really play out with the bringing back of Jess in the words of summer season one. Ew. (laughs) And the references Kirsten makes about Sadie. Just because a girl doesn't need saving doesn't mean she should be ignored. Totally. It's It's pretty good advice. But I'm not really totally convinced that season three marissa or even season two marissa really needs saving what do you girls think hmm yeah i mean saving no i just think she needs a load of therapy loads of friends (laughs) good like structure family wise like she just was always doomed from the beginning and she kind of just dealt with it as it came and so yeah, I don't feel like she needed saving. Obviously, TJ, that's a whole other experience in season one. But I don't think she needed saving. I think she just needed support. Here's the thing, right? This all the I mean, Ryan and Marissa have had their issues the whole time. But if we truly want to break it down to where she is now, when Trey arrived, Ryan and Marissa were together. Right. Right. They were together at this. No. Um, Me, our friends are gonna yell at us. Shit, you guys let us know. I'm pretty sure they were just, if not together, just about to get back together. Yeah, like I remember them shopping and trying to help Trey. And Marissa has always been supportive. When Teresa came to town, she was supportive of Teresa and Ryan. right? Right. So here's Marissa trying to be the good friend, trying to support Ryan, and when. Ryan is away one weekend. Sorry to recap this, guys, but like I just feel the need that I need to Please. say. Please. When Ryan's away that weekend and Trey is left with Marissa, Ryan's like, oh, you know, like look in at, on Trey, right? And Marissa's like, I'll keep an eye on him. And so that's the that's the night when he freaking tries to rape her. Right. And so Marissa has to keep this down and she doesn't know how to talk about it. And when Ryan finds out, he goes berserk, as one would. 
and rushes over to Trace to try to kill him, <laughs> like beat him to death, and Marissa arrives to save Ryan. Right. How ironic. How ironic. And there was a gun. And what was she supposed to do? Trey was going to kill Ryan. And so out of defense, Marissa shoots Trey. Right? Right. Because she loves Ryan. She doesn't obviously want him to get hurt. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which ultimately led to a relationship spiral because Trey was unfortunately Ryan's brother. It's not like this was just a friend or someone passing by. Like, this is Ryan's brother. And he had to kind of, he coped, they both coped with it in their own ways. And so they just didn't cope the same. And so Ryan felt as though Marissa continually bringing it up or having that weight on her was like a burden to him, even though he never said it. Yeah. And it's like Marissa was just being you know, before the shooting and all that. She's just being a good friend and a good girlfriend. Yeah. So So to answer your question. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is I don't think she needed saving in season two. Same. I don't think so either. So I, I think she I didn't she know. just needs support. Like she needed someone to be there for her and she didn't have anyone. And this is a prime example now heading into season three where she is the most alone she's ever been. Sucks. Okay. So, anyway, sorry for that rant, but (laughs) it's like, yes, season one with Tijuana, she needed saving, obviously. And Oliver in the shooting, yes. Right. Besides that, it's like, not for nothing, Ryan. Marissa saved you. Right, she did. With your mess, your family mess, which Ryan is always super sensitive about because he knows his family's a mess. He never wants anybody to help him. Yeah. All right. Enough. I have to calm down. You know, now I'm here. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Okay. So she continues with no question. She is dealing with a lot and always has, but I really think she has shown an immense amount of strength up until the end of this episode. 100%. Totally. Totally. She's dealing with so much. And as both you said last week, no one is there for her except for maybe Matt. A little strange, but she says it best. She's alone. We don't even see Julie ask her how she is doing last episode when she tells her about the relationship with Dr. Roberts. And when Volchuk finally says she's lonely and he can help her escape, I think that really hit her. And that's ultimately what pushed her over the edge to him. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's been wandering around for the last four episodes just trying to make it through each day. I feel so bad for her. Yeah. Seeing it now makes me wonder how anyone, including myself, could have missed this before. Yes, thank you, Lisa. Yeah. I was just saying that. Her character really deserves so much more respect than she originally got in the early 2000s. Totally. She 100%. got ripped on. percent my friend. Yes. Man, if I could like this a thousand times. Totally. This scene at the end of her and Volchuk gave me the creeps and was just really uncomfortable. Hmm. She looked completely miserable and almost limp during it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Why was he just sitting at her house in the dark? Because he's a stalker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did like how she did leave the door open, just like when she was saying, fine, I give up. Right. And it seemed like that was the altitude of the scenes that followed. Totally. I like the exchange between Ryan and Summer in the opening scene. It was nice to see them interact. 
That's always a strange relationship. The boyfriend's friend, are you really friends with or do you friends with by default? Mm-hmm. Have either of your girls ever had any awkward exchanges or situations like Summer and Ryan had with a significant other's friend or friends? Yes. Um, Sam. Sam and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. My sister and her ex, and then I remained friends with her ex, and then I became friends with her ex's new girlfriend, and that just became a mess. Yeah, all a mess. For everyone. I mean, you were involved in that. Anthony was involved with that. Ingrid was involved with that. So stupid. Yeah, totally. What do you think of Summer's comment? Is Sadie the anti-coop? So you were right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like that comment from summer i feel like i never would have thought to say that to like let's just say it was you know you you were dating ryan and i just i would never have brought that up to him because like you're you're mine like ryan yeah he is in the circle but like that's summer's best friend i feel like i would never compare the two i don't know i don't like it (laughs) yeah i would never no i didn't like that Mm-mm. Yeah, but um, see, so there you go, Liz. You weren't making that up. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah, Sadie shows so much patience in this episode with Ryan. If you were her, would you have done the same? And would you have been upset with Ryan for not really sharing anything with you about his past? Um, yes and no. <laughs> Agreed. You can't pull something out of someone if they're not ready to talk about it. People just handle things differently, and that's something I have to realize, too, is, like, not everyone is ready to talk when you're ready to talk about it. And so, like, I understand Ryan not willing to speak on what's happening in his—what happened in his past. So, yes, I would have let that go, I think, but, like, the keep canceling on me and, like, not hearing from you, you're obviously involved with some people that— you know, take advantage of how nice and caring you are that I wouldn't be okay with. Like I would wait for him to tell me how he felt about his past, but I wouldn't be okay with the way he treated me in the process. Right. Makes sense. Yes. And also the fact of they're not even in a relationship yet. And so he didn't want to talk about anything yet. I'd be like, fine, but I right. Like you don't push it. You don't push it, but you store it. You know what I mean? You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, just gonna keep this as reference if this is how you deal right like the barrier you don't know the barrier yet so it's a little awkward right she continues with i have to say taylor cracked me up this episode and the rut of seth and summers was hilarious and i think really relatable for couples who have been together for a very long time Mm -hmm. yes totally just a very funny storyline and i think comic relief for the episode yeah Finally, question comments on the topic of sex. We see both Ryan and Marissa have sex with other people in season one, and I think I always just assumed they had done it until season when Ryan say they both they have both done it a lot, but not that. Right. So they both fooled around <laughs> right. with each other, but didn't do sex. Right? right. They both together as a couple haven't. Right. And in this episode, it seemed like Ryan and Sadie are just going to go right for it Mm -hmm. on Johnny's living room floor, which is all kinds of weird in on itself. Why do you think Ryan and Marissa waited so long when it seems like they are both quick to give up with other people? Well, because I think Ryan and Marissa were actually in love. Yeah. 
And Marissa, pretty much her virginity, she lost it to Luke, and then <laughs> Luke fucking cheated on her. Yeah, that was a shitty situation. So that's all emotionally fucked But, up. like, she did wait. It's not like her and Luke. I mean, you know, they're young. They're still, they were 15, 16 at that point when yeah. she did. So, you know, her waiting was understandable. And then... I guess as the audience, you just kind of assume that Ryan and Marissa were having sex, but then when it's revealed that they don't, you're like, okay, so this is obviously very special to the both of them as a couple. As a couple. Yeah, so this did throw me off a little bit. Marissa's under... This is awful. I don't mean it's understandable that Marissa would do... I understand why Marissa did it. Um, I'm more surprised that Ryan and Sadie did it more than... Volchuk and Marissa. See, I could see Ryan hooking up more because of him and Teresa. Yeah. And he made a point, not to say of him and Teresa, it was a bad example, but <laughs> when him and Seth early on in the series talk about sex, Ryan alludes to the fact that he's had sex multiple times. Right. And so I think to him, it's like, well, sure, I don't really have a past with this person. This is just how this energy is with this person at this time. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't, I, you know, and and like you said, I agree with you. How Marissa's just like, yep, I'm totally like emotionally not here, disconnecting and letting the physical take itself. Just take like, over, take its yeah. Way. Yeah. Sorry for such a long message this week. I will try to keep it shorter for next week. No. Although I really like <laughs> next week's episode. And then she sent After Dark. Don't keep it shorter. We no, love because hearing what everyone has to say. And honestly, great. Those are great points. Totally. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, at Muse Chick. Vic. Vic. Oh my God, did I miss it? I'm sending now. <laughs> oh. No, you're fine. I just like to send their little comments beforehand. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh, Jess is back. That's all I say about that. That was a quick dodge with Ryan over the girlfriend comment. He seriously is bad with words, and he just doesn't know how to stay out of trouble. I feel like it's in his nature to get involved in bad situations and unintentionally play the night. I feel bad for Marissa. She's so lonely. I don't think she knows how to be alone. Hmm. Not like this, you know. No, not like this. This is the worst kind of alone. Yeah. When she wasn't with Ryan, she was with Summer. I think she would look for Volchuk because, like he said, she is lonely. I don't see why she just couldn't spend the night at Summer's house the following night. I think she knows because Summer and Seth are dealing with things, you know. Yeah. Seth was only there the night she called her. That's true. But again, I think Summer is just so wrapped in her head about Seth, Marissa's like, yeah, I'm just going to stay away from that. Right. You know, I love Taylor. Spread the seed. You get the short straw. LOL. She's hilarious with her Taylorisms. And now Sethimer is their ship name because that's what Taylor says. It is. Yeah. That scene with Summer and Seth was hilarious. I also feel a bit bad for Matt because it was Sandy who pushed him to ask for the Ma- for Maya. And now Matt is the one getting punished for right. it. Right. So Good true. Point. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a saint, but this still sucks. Right. Were you surprised that Volchuk gave Marissa the watch back or that he even kept the watch to begin with? Hmm. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I, 
he was selling it for cash. What was he doing again with it? Pawning yeah. it for money? She, she said, pawn this over. Pawn this out. The thing is, I think this act was to show a deeper layer to Volchuk. Right. Like, I kept it. I know it meant a lot to you and it was expensive. Also, like, I think of you when I see it. Right. Exactly. To show her that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think of Marissa staying at Matt's? I didn't see it as, I don't see it as appropriate. Yeah. I felt it was inappropriate, but I also understood. So, right. but my gut initial reaction was this is inappropriate. <laughs> yes. Thank you. She said, Thanks, well, she Vic. also sends stuff for After Dark. At me, Michelle G on Instagram. Hi, ladies. Love the cover of the Bright Eyes song in this episode. Takes me way back. Why did Ryan have to go to Jess's house? Wouldn't a phone call been more than enough? Totally. That's so true. Totally. Thank you, Michelle. Totally would have been sufficient. Yeah. I know the age difference could be weird, and he's also Sandy's business partner, but I would have preferred a Matt and Marissa connection rather than Marissa and Volchuk. Yeah, actually, I would have preferred that, too. They kind of make it seem like potentially something is going to happen there. Sort of, like, very, very surface. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, they don't. That would have been an interesting storyline. Yeah, like, he's a little bit older. And, I mean, again, she's... Is she legal yet? Is she 18? I don't think I don't think she's 18 yet, right? I think only Ryan's 18 mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, so I would have preferred that, but then it kind of doesn't allow for a more spiraling Marissa, I think. Right, the darkness. To foreshadow what is to come for her, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I would have liked that better. Yeah. Favorite quote. The one time he tried to date someone normal, she turned out to be my dead grandfather's illegitimate daughter. That's it. Though, <laughs> so, don't know how normal I label Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So true. She was just... Oh, Lindsay. She was vanilla. Oboe. <laughs> <laughs> and then last but certainly not least, Del underscore Vasto, our buddy Michael. I can't believe there are only seven episodes left of this season. And Same. then we get to a season four, which is so short. I know. It's kind of sad. It's really sad. I don't know what I'm going to do. I I'm guess afraid. just watch it on my own. Yeah, you'll have to watch it on your own while we're yeah. podcasting about other things. Exactly. Here are some comments I have for this week's episode. Also, I've put in some answers to questions raised last week. Just a warning. It's a long one. Cool. Okay, so he says... He talks about why he chose the ice cream flavor. And last week we asked him, uh, when did we record our Tree Hill Talk ice cream segment? (laughs) So he says that that segment was actually done before we finished watching it. Oh, really? It started in season nine, episode five, with Michelle saying she was talking to her friend at work, Nicole, Nicole. I think it was, Mm. and they did characters from different TV shows, like Saved by the Bell, One Tree Hill, as dog breeds. Man, I am so fucking weird. Okay. And then Michelle brought it as a segment and other topics were done. The three of you did Starbucks orders in episode seven. We did? (laughs) 
And wow. finally, in episode 10 was ice cream flavors. Cool. Thank you so much, Michael, for the reminiscent Tree Hill Talk days. Wait, wait, it gets better, Lizzie. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, Michelle also wanted to do one relating characters to Essie nail polish. Oh. Wow. We did, never did that. We never did that. I can't remember if that one was done or just talked about. It was just talked about. Yeah, sorry, Mike. It's not not in existence. It's never too late, though. No. No. I really enjoyed the bonus episode you ladies and aunt did. Everyone had really good choices. So, yeah, if you guys didn't listen to it yet, we did a whole bonus episode on ice cream flavors relating to the characters of the OC. It was fun. Just check your feed. It made me want to have ice cream. Same. Okay. Uh, Shout out to Kelsey. Moon Mist is so good and it fits for Anna. I'm sad it's only available in Nova Scotia. Same. I want to have some Moon Mist. Did any of you catch the many references examples that related to the episode's title? No. Jess said to Ryan about Trey having a way to suck you in. Mm. Then this scene after Kiki and Ryan are talking and she said that Marissa is a nice girl, but she's been through a lot and Ryan got pulled into that. Mm-hmm. Good one. The scene where Ryan and Sadie are at the diner after Jess's friend calls him, Sadie says, I get that something is pulling you under and you can't let it go. Nice. Jess and Volchuk were sort of an undertow in this episode. Jess was trying to pull Ryan in and Volchuk trying to pull Marissa in. Yeah, totally. Volchuk succeeded succeeded in the end, whereas Jess failed and Ryan ended up with Sadie. Well, Jess, after many, many attempts, ended up failing, but she was succeeding for a while. In her own way, like she never was going to get Ryan in the way she actually wanted him. Yeah. You know? The phrase to be caught in an undertow means being stuck with something or some situation out of your control. In this episode, all the characters sort of were stuck in situations out of their control. Matt with the board being against him. This also puts Sandy in a sticky situation. Seth and Summer's intimacy problems and Sadie is stuck with this maybe relationship with Ryan. But he's being pulled by someone else and keeps ditching her. And she has no control over it. Very good. Right. Like A plus, Michael. A plus. plus. You wrote a good essay. I already discussed Ryan and Marissa's situation out of their control. I don't know if these metaphors were in there on purpose or if I'm just wait if I'm just reading into this way too much. I hope it's the former because I appreciate metaphors. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I think so. They do that a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if I can side with Sadie in this episode. Unless the timeline is a lot longer than I think, her and Ryan haven't known each other for that long. So it'd be so weird of Ryan to just unload and tell her all the backstory with Trey and Jess. I agree that if you're in a relationship with someone, they should know everything about you. But in my own personal opinion, that all comes with time. Yes. Agreed. Yes, you can't unleash your crazy baggage on someone right off the bat. You have to do it slowly or else they'd be running away. Agree with that too. What's Ryan supposed to say to her? Hey, I know we're not officially in a relationship yet, but I have a brother who tried to sexually assault my girlfriend at the time, Marissa, and I found out and went to beat him up. He almost killed me, so Marissa shot him. Right, right. It's way too soon for that. She should have just reassured him that she was there to listen if and when he's ready to yeah, talk. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. That's why I feel like 
if I was in Sadie's shoes, I definitely wouldn't pry on that aspect. But I would be, again, upset if he kept canceling on me because of it. Like, at least tell me a little bit about it. I also feel that this particular time of post-Marissa, he's truly trying to change post-Jess, right? And that's why he does say to Sadie, like, I'm trying this on you. Right. You're going to be the first person I unload to. Right. Like, you're the first person I actually, like, talk about my feelings with. Right. So whether, like, I totally get what you're saying, Mike. Totally. But I think for Ryan, he's kind of, like, trying this new way, persona, feel something different that he's never felt before with Sadie. And this is how he's going to try it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yes, thank you. So last week, B-Side Poetry sent us a lovely voice message on her hot take on Volchuk. Yeah. Which I love. And she said that she's not actually from Long Island, but she's from Jersey. So it's very close. So close enough. (laughs) Thank you, girl. Send us more voice memos. Yeah, we we love love that. To hear your voice. And then we got an email, which I would love to read, from Wes. I love that name. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, ladies. I watched the series when it first came out and loved the show. I've since rewatched the show several times. I think I am in the minority, but I never really liked Marissa past season one. I think it's just because she always seems to get Ryan into bad situations, but not always intentionally. I'm glad that season three is almost over because some of my favorite episodes and story arcs are coming up in season four, as well as some of my favorite characters get introduced or get more screen time. I'm excited to hear what everyone else thinks of season four. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, I think um, he's, correct me if I'm wrong, but alluding to the fact that Summer and Seth really don't get as much airtime, but I remember from memory that they definitely do more in four. Is that correct? They do. Okay. Um, But going back to the Marissa comments, I feel like he is in the majority. Agreed. You know, um, when I did, when I responded to the email, I did answer that and saying like, I feel like we're in the minority going back and rewatching. Now we appreciate Marissa so much where, first-time watchers and even, you know, fifth-time watchers are like, oh, my God, Marissa, I can't stand Marissa, Marissa. And I'm like, wow, I was one of those haters, too. So I feel like you were in the minority by not liking Marissa. But I hope maybe us discussing her will change some of your opinions because it definitely has changed ours, Rewatching it so many years later and just having a different perspective on the show. And so... We get what you're saying. Yeah, Marissa sucks sometimes, but I feel like <laughs> it's all like built up in her character and her character arc and just got to take it for what it is. Agreed. Yeah. But Ryan does get pulled into a lot of shit because of her. But also, as we were just talking about earlier, Marissa got pulled into a lot of shit with him, too. Yes. It's equal so, there. It's equal. It truly is. And they allowed each other to be each other's saviors in a way. Right. Yeah. Thank you, Wes. 
Thank you, Wes. Keep sending those emails. Yes, Keep sending totally. those comments and questions. Thank you, guys. Uh, just some music in this episode. Scissors for Lefty, We Are Scientists, The Preset, Spider Baby, The National Trust, and Broomhead's Jacket. And then I looked up Jess's house because yeah, huge it house. was gorgeous. And it's located uh, in Thousand Oaks, California. And it's a 17,000 square foot mansion. Crazy. Crazy. All right. So some fashion in this episode. I enjoyed in the first scene Summer's like sheer white shirt. Yeah, I have that down too. I like that a lot. I Marissa- love. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I love in this same scene. I love Sadie's green cami. Oh, yeah. It was like silk. Mm-hmm. Was it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marissa's blue tall Ugg boots. <gasps> I was living. I'm like, Yes. Those are like so 2005, six, so good. Yeah, I love Taylor's blue bag that she was carrying around in school. Taylor had some good hair in this episode. I really liked her hair when it was curly and she had the headband. And I loved her two braids with the Kama Sutra stuff. So cute. Yeah. I liked Marissa's cropped moto jacket. I was like, it's a gray suit jacket-ish something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I have Seth's green polo. Very Seth. Yep. Marissa's white wrap sweater. I think she was at uh, the beach shop when she wore this. Yes. And Kiki's hair. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Kiki's hair half up, half down when the scene when Sadie comes to bring the bagels. Like that. So cute. Kiki. I liked Ryan's button-down blue shirt. Classic Ryan. Yeah. Some quotes? Holy Kodak moment. <laughs> when Taylor says, it's a knowing wink, Summer. <laughs> the libido doesn't listen to logic. Don't you worry, his eye will wonder. And then, spread the seed. Spread the seed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You like the smell of salami? Press play before I break your face. It's the grunting and excessive banging I'm concerned about. If sex were a martial art, I'd be a black belt. I also had that. I loved it. I mean, get a room, my room, and do it right in front of me. (laughs) Seth, what the hell? Just because a girl isn't tied to train tracks doesn't mean she should be ignored. Yes, I love that. And Ryan, I can't sit here and babysit you. Yes. Uh, Take your own advice, Ryan. (laughs) Right. When Sadie calls the diner the culinary destination of Newport. (laughs) It's so true. My last one is, I got to stop dating girls like you. Yeah. Ooh. I cut a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, it's not. I don't have like the direct quote, but when Taylor arrives to Summers to propose that she comes to the prom meeting and she gives her a flyer and she's like, you're going to thank me when you make your 2006 scrapbook. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. 2006. (laughs) I loved it so much. Okay, so... MVPs and shittiest. Yeah. I have my MVP. 
struggled Same. with my shittiest. I I had my MVP and shittiest as soon as I was done watching. I said, that's it. Not going to go back and change it. But maybe I'll give a blue ribbon to someone for MVP. <laughs> okay. So MVP, let's do first. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Sadie. Sadie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I actually spoiled this for Michelle. I texted MVP is Sadie this week because I just she was there for Ryan. But also like when he didn't let her in, I felt like she yeah, maybe she kind of got fed up, but I felt like she also was mature about it. And she told him to come when she was ready. And plus, she brought bagels. You always get a plus in my heart when you bring bagels. Just saying. Which is funny because Marissa used to bring bagels. Oh. Well, Marissa has a plus, too, in my heart. No, of course. But it's like the girls who date. Ryan, the Coens. Just bring bagels. Yeah. My shittiest, man. I am. Ugh. I don't know. I'm good with mine. All right. I, oh, my yeah. blue ribbon for MVP was also Kirsten because she gave some good advice to Ryan this episode. Very motherly. Love that. She definitely did a great job this episode. Um, and like I said, we've been kind of down because they haven't really been using her this season. Yeah. And I feel like she did good in this episode. Me too. All right. Shittiest. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, Jess. Jess. Yeah. Yep. I just, like, I picked Jess. The reason I was struggling, I'm like, it's kind of a cop-out because, mm-hmm. you know, Jess is Jess. She can't change who she is even though she wants to. She's just bad news. All right, she's got a lot of issues, and, like, it's it's obvious why we chose her. I also felt like Ryan could have won this title, too. Well, yeah, but, that's you know. Who- Mm-hmm. Finally came to the realization of it all towards the end, but Jess pissed me off more, I guess. I don't know. She was just an annoying character to watch. Yeah, very annoying. And I found it interesting that this is the character we had to bring back to have a redemption for Ryan. Yeah. like we, Not like, why didn't they use Trey? I don't know. You know, like, why Jess? Jess is so much more annoying than anyone else on the show. Maybe they felt that if they, I mean, I don't know logistically in terms of if the actor was available or not, but maybe they felt like they couldn't wrap up a storyline with Trey in one episode and they didn't want to go past two. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Is it that time? Patron of the week. Woo! It's patron of the week. 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 This week, our patron of the week is our cutie pie, Chloe. Chloe. From the UK. Um, she has mentioned us in a couple of posts while being quarantined that she's listening to our episodes and it's getting her through her weeks and... We just want to tell you that we love you and we love the support. Thank you for sharing us to your family and friends on Instagram. And uh, we just appreciate you being a pledge for as long as you have. So thank you so much. Thank you, Chloe. She's a cutie pie. Cutie pie. I love it. 
All right, Lissy. I'm ready. You're ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. Here is your haiku for season three, episode 19, The Secrets and Lies. Ooh. <laughs> Doesn't sound very good. <laughs> yeah. Back from vacation with an announcement to make, adjustments are hard. Oh, yeah. Well, Julie and Neil are back from their vacation. Mm-hmm. What are the adjustments? Um, with an announcement to make. I don't really remember. I hope their announcement is that they didn't get engaged because it's a little too soon, you know? And Marissa and Summer don't need that shit in their lives right now, even though it wouldn't be, like, the worst thing that's happened. Obviously, Marissa's dealing with way worse. Um... But my hope is that they don't get engaged. But I could see it happening because it's Neil and Julie. So, um, or what is it? What's the other part? Arrangements and read? With an adjustment to make. Adjustment. Adjust- adjustment. Adjustments are okay. hard. Adjustments are hard. Uh, who's adjusting? Who's adjusting? <laughs> Well, they all have to adjust. I don't know if that's like literally Marissa and Summer adjusting with their parents dating or it's more like figuratively of like everyone adjusting to their new life of Ryan and Marissa not being together and they're with other people, if you can call it that. Um, Maybe Summer and Seth have to adjust to the fact that they heard back from colleges. That's a real stretch. <laughs> You're doing yeah. a really good job. Okay, cool. Say. Yeah. This is straight from my arse and not from my head because I don't remember what happens, as well, you guys I, know. I also feel that you know how stories can go and yeah. what needs to happen. So, you know, you're doing a good job. All right, thanks. You're welcome. Without giving away too, too much. Right. Yes. All right. Well, I think that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you to everyone who sent us your questions and comments and emails. If you'd like to participate, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. We are at Let's Talk OC on all social media platforms. We also have a Patreon, it takes three network.com over there. We have a lot of goodies going on. We have bonus episodes. You get all our episodes up a day earlier, ad free. And we just actually had our group hang via Zoom last week, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was hard not to pick every single one of them as patron of the week. So I went opposite of that (laughs) yeah yeah that was a lot of fun and we ended up hanging out for four hours yeah it was definitely unexpected but totally needed yeah so thank you for everyone who showed up yeah so our our patreon fam they're pretty great we love you guys yeah and we love all you guys who are listeners as well and if you are an apple podcast listener and you haven't left us a review yet, and you're thinking about it, and you're enjoying the episode, please leave us a review. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. We want to hear from you. And you can rate us as well. Five stars is pretty great. And again, 
If you are new and this is your first episode you're listening to, welcome. If you're an OG listener, stay tuned for after the credits. We go into our after dark, after hours segment where we talk about all the things to come, spoilers, how we're feeling, (laughs) all that jazz. So until next week, have a good week. After dark. After dark. dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. Okay. After dark. After dark. After dark. So I'm going to start, Liz. Last week, we talked about Teresa Mm. and the baby. Did everyone speak of how... I don't remember things about Teresa. Well, no. What's truly funny about this whole situation is last week, me and you, we had like this whole discussion about like how it was never confirmed if Ryan was the dad, right? And it's so funny when you watch something as a young person or it does, you don't even have to be a young person, but you watch something and you truly choose to believe something and Mm. you disregard everything else. Right. Right. So we got a message from our friend Jess at Mrs. Boquist. Oh, hey, Jess. She says, I just listened to the journey and this comment, I guess, is for the next after dark. I recently was binging the OC before it went off Hulu. And when Kirsten sees Teresa at the airport with the baby and tells Ryan, Ryan comes home from Berkeley and Teresa comes over to the Coen's. The two talk out by the pool and Teresa does confirm that the baby is Eddie's and that she had a paternity test to confirm it. Oh, yeah. No recollection of that. She goes on (laughs) to say that, of course, he is an absentee father. Ryan says he still would have stayed to help even with the baby not being his. And Teresa said she knew he would have, which is why she lied about losing the baby. Mm. She didn't want to un uproot the good thing he had with the Coens. Okay. So yes, this does happen. And I guess last week I should have said that, but in my mind, I truly still believe that right, she's like she lying. could still be lying about it. Yeah. Because I always felt that she loved Ryan so much and cared for him and was so happy that he got this new life that she just lied to him. Right. Like she, she'll continually lie until, you know, it's necessary to keep, Ryan from knowing. Yeah. But it's like the fact that in my mind, I'm like, no, it's like, well, no, actually they do have this conversation and I didn't even take it into consideration. Like I remember it. I just disregarded it. Yeah. I totally didn't remember it. So thank you Jess for elaborating on it. Um, But yeah, like I totally still remember that being a thing. Like after we were done watching Sam and I were like, it's still Ryan's baby. Like I'm sure we, I obviously watched the scene of Kirsten and uh, of Ryan and Teresa where she explains it, but in my mind, it always stuck that it could, it still was Ryan's kid or could and, have been Ryan's kid. <laughs> yeah, and I think they do that because they show Teresa with a light-haired child. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Aunt and I had this conversation this week because I was like, "You remember that scene?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "But I always just thought it was Ryan's baby." Yeah. I'm like, it's so funny how we're told, but we're still like, no, I'm just going to refuse. Remember it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Uh, Jess. Thank you, Jess, though. Vic, for her After Dark segment, 
So they had sex. <laughs> I mean, it took Ryan and Marissa how long? And now she's hooking up with Volchuk. How long has it been? A few weeks or so interacting with each other? Then again, she just wants any connection. Yeah. I know Marissa at first is like, well, Ryan's not with me anymore. I'm lonely and you won't leave me alone kind of thing. Even though she called Volchuk when he was done with her, but she does get involved with him and distance herself away from everyone. It's like she'd rather be in the dark with him. Yeah. I think she was forced to be in the dark with him. I don't really remember the progression of how things play out with her and Volchuk. Obviously, I remember it gets very volatile towards the end, and obviously he kills her. But I don't remember... I mean, I'll have to watch it again, like her pushing everyone away where I felt like nobody was there to be pushed away. But I guess maybe I have to remember I have to watch it again to see like the progression of her with Volchok. Right. Well, I mean, Summer and Marissa do end up living with each other again. Mm. And so because Marissa pretty much shuts down, becomes numb starts missing school, starts drinking again because she's hanging out with Volchuk because it's the only person. I think Marissa, she can't deal anymore and this is the point where she shuts down and it's like, this is my new life. Yeah. You know? So do her, does Julie and Neil, do you get engaged? They do. Ugh. I mean, I remember it not lasting, obviously, because of the whole bullet situation. Right. But... Oh, man, that's such a disappointment. <laughs> Typical Neil, though, right? Typical Neil. And like, Julie, I would have loved I guess. it for them to, like, date slowly and continue to date slowly. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Mike starts with another one that I think is good for this episode. He's talking about ice cream flavors is Heavenly Hash. Hmm. It's a blend of marshmallow and chocolate ice cream, so it's the blending of something light and dark. Oh, for me, this portrays the transition of Marissa into her dark days downward spiral, which happens at the end of this episode when she gives into Volchuk. Neapolitan could also work for the same reason, the gradient of light to dark. Mm, so, so philosophical. Deep. Thank you. This is going off of some things that were brought up during last week's After Dark. I don't think Taylor and Ryan were together at the wedding either. I always took it as they haven't seen each other in a few years and we're just oh. acknowledging each other. Okay, cool. Also, I thought we did get a confirmation that the baby wasn't Ryan's. The college visit episode, Kiki calls Ryan and says she ran into Teresa and she had a baby boy with her. So Ryan leaves Berkeley early to go see Teresa and she says it's not Ryan's. I thought it was a maybe a clear confirmation, but maybe I'm mistaken. You're not mistaken. <laughs> I just don't choose to believe it. We don't it. choose to believe it that way. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mike. Yes, thank you. And then Tish. Love the new After Dark music. Thank you. Cool. I always thought that it was Ryan's kid. If the show kept going on, I could see Teresa showing up at Ryan's door years down the road and telling Ryan he's the father. Not to get ahead of myself, but I always thought that even if they didn't kill Marissa, that her and Ryan wouldn't have ended up back together by the end of the season. Yeah. If anything, they would rekindle their romance years later, and then they would be endgame. Like that. (laughs) It's this totally 
hypothetical that, you know, obviously could never happen. But I do like the idea of Ryan and Marissa reconnecting one day down the line if she was. Right. Like not in high school, maybe, you know, at their 10 year reunion or something like that. Right. Yeah. And that's all for our After Dark this week. Thank you guys for sending all of your questions. I love rehashing the show because it's been a hot minute since I've watched this season and season four. Uh, So it's fun to like trigger my memory of things. So as you're watching, like for you, are storylines and things coming back to you or you're like, holy shit, I don't remember this at all. I have like when I think of Sadie and Ryan, I remember really liking them together. I remember their relationship being really short lived. I remember one scene of them like rolling around in like the apartment. But I don't really remember. Like that's when when I think of season three and, and Sadie, like I remember this one scene of her and Ryan together, barely a scene, like maybe just a hot moment. Um, but when I think of Marissa and Volchuk, it's really hard. I obviously remember the last episode of the season. Not all of it, but I remember the scene. I No, nothing really comes back to me all that much from this season. I don't know why. Season four, I feel like it definitely will. Obviously, I watched that the most recent because it's the last season. And I do remember storylines that go on there much more, like college-wise and that stuff. But no, season three is a real blur. Real blur. I will say that when we first started watching season three and even like a couple episodes ago talking about Sadie and I was like, yeah, like I could nothing her. I guess rewatching, especially this particular episode, I'm like, holy shit, Sadie, you're pretty great. Yeah, I really enjoyed her. I still enjoy her this time around. I just yeah, think she's I mean, a good you, character. Which you said, like, you always liked Ryan and Sadie. And for I me, did. my younger self never took into account. And I was like, eh, yeah, like, she's cool, but she's nothing in the overall to me in the series. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But discussing it week by week, I'm like, oh, wow, Sadie, I actually relate to you the most in yeah. terms of her straightforward, no kind of bullshit attitude right yeah I appreciate that because Ryan needs that (laughs) right it's whether or not Ryan works well with it but do you remember what Sadie and Ryan like end up pitching to the Coens pitching no like how they try to go forward with their relationship no it's very like moving in together If my memory recalls, like I'm getting this like weird, if I, if I'm recalling this right, but everyone will remind us who just binged it, but they kind of say like, oh yeah, like we could live together and I could go to school and they kind of get in over their heads. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just sad. (laughs) Like I'm mad at at Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage for doing that because like they were they're trying to take it slow. <laughs> I know. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. It's all good. I'm excited for the end of three. It's not excited, but I want to remember and not remember some things, but I can't believe we're really close. 
You know, so far, like, I don't hate three. No. Do you think it's because we're going episode by episode and discussing it and picking it apart so it's low dosage? I f- yeah, I feel like they're all equal. Yeah, me in, too. In reviewing-wise, like, they've all had their drama. They all have their frustrations, their light parts. Like they're all equal right now. Like, I don't... Ooh, I don't know if I have, like, a favorite yet or still. Like, I don't know if two is still my favorite. Like, I love the development of the characters in this season. It's funny because they all, like, during the Let's Talk OC realm, this show, all the seasons right now are kind of the same for me. Yeah, like, they're all blurring into just one big story, which obviously that's the purpose of a show. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all pretty even for me, too. Which is crazy <laughs> because I know that there's true true lines of, like, which is the better season. But right now, every week, it's been fun to discuss. So I'm like, yeah. well. I feel I like, know. not to bring in our other children, but obviously you guys <laughs> know, children. or Mike, if you're, you know, you guys are listening, seven and eight for One Tree Hill were really rough. Like, they did not compare to the other seasons. And so, like, I feel like this is just a very well-rounded show where I get why people would dislike some of the seasons because of some story arcs, but in talking about it as a whole of a show, it's pretty fucking solid for at least up to this point. Yeah, and I think also with One Tree Hill, I mean, so much was done. And by then, I mean, we're discussing a season seven of yeah, the show. Like, like how over good exhausting could it be? point. Yeah, you know, this and is things. only the third season of a series. So Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it's, right. That's true too. Like with time wise, you know, it's just 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 different, but it's just easy to get through right now. And I yeah. just can't even believe we're so close to the end. I know. And you as a person who never really rewatches three because it's not your favorite. Right. So it's good to hear. It is. It is good to hear. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much, as always. Yeah. Good luck editing this. Oh, yeah. I can't. This is. We're almost talking for two hours. I know. Between the the, uh, length of it and me stumbling over my words tonight, (laughs) it's going to be a fucking doozy. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.